This podcast is only for the attention of professional investors in the financial industry. Outer Blue by Amundi. Welcome to Blue Convictions, market analysis and asset allocation views. Welcome to this Amundi Convictions podcast, where we discuss the big market trends and our views on asset allocation. I'm Swaha Patnaik, and it's my pleasure to welcome Monica Defend, head of the Amundi Institute. Welcome back to the podcast, Monica. Thank you, Swaha. Pleasure to talk to you today. Great to have you back. So, it's still early days for 2023, but so far, markets have seemed pretty determined to see the glass as half full. Stocks are up by nearly a tenth in the first month and a half of the year, and the US Nasdaq has done even better. We seem increasingly to be priced for perfection, with less and less wiggle room for anything to go wrong. Monica, what are the assumptions that have been driving this rally? Thank you, Sarah. I really think that we are always dealing with the three suspects, meaning uh, better than expected economic prints, uh, one refer to GDP uh, in, in particular, and we will talk about this uh, later on. The market is definitely not pricing in any kind of uh, earnings per share uh, recession at corporate level. And last but not least, because this is really uh, what matters for the market, the central banks, uh, whereas market participants really expect uh, banks to pause, if not to cut uh, rates uh, along the year. And so to what extent do you agree with or diverge from these market views? I'm sorry, but we do diverge to all these uh, three uh, subjects in the list. First of all, we continue to see a progressive deterioration in the combination of uh, GDP and inflation prints. In particular, if you look at the financing condition and the level uh, of consumer debt. So what is happening is really uh, consumers that are getting leverage at higher rates, both in the US and in the euro area. When it goes uh, to the central banks, uh, we do not believe uh, they will uh, cut this year. And we, for the time being, we maintain uh, our expectation on uh, on terminal rates, meaning uh, 525 for the Federal Reserve and 3.5 for the uh, European Central Bank. Last but not least, EPS. Uh, we do believe, and actually we are seeing these prints uh, in the latest uh, reporting season, that some sectors are already uh, into a recession when it goes to tech, commodity-oriented sectors, consumer discretionary, communication and services. On one side, we are seeing sales that are down to single digit, less than 5%, and EPS growth for the last quarter of last year is negative. It's uh, minus 2.7%, uh, 3% was positive uh, on over the third quarter of 2022, what we do see is a continuous pressure on uh, on margins that are uh, revised down. So we are seeing some normalization of the um, in the over profitability of big facts, and this is going uh, to continue uh, along the year, at least for uh, the uh, first quarter and likely in the in the second quarter. Again, on uh, um, EPS, uh, we are seeing some resilience in the uh, European market, in particular in the uh, cyclical uh, sectors with energy, financials and consumer cyclicals really running and industrials really running at double digit, 
the others are already down to negative. Uh, we have been mentioning the uh, economic prints. GDP surprised on the upside in China. And as a matter of fact, we did revise uh, our expectation for the year to 5.1. When it goes to Europe and the euro area, uh, we have been uh, kind of negative. Uh, we were expecting uh, Germany and Italy to progressively run into a recession. This has not materialized. But if you look at the for uh, GDP numbers, and you carve out Ireland, uh, that really released a 3.5% uh, percent, uh, GDP growth, the, negative, the, the growth in the euro area is negative, is uh, minus 0.2. So really, uh, this is really um, calling us uh, for more attention. Thank you, Monica. As you say, that is quite a lot of divergence from the consensus in the market and what's been driving the rally. So how is all this feeding through to your asset allocation views? Maybe we can start with the equity markets that continue to move on Fed actions or at least interpretation of the various statements that officials are progressively releasing and they are not taking into account the EPS reporting season. So on on that front, we prefer to stay broadly cautious, seeking upside the optionality because given that implied volatility uh, is uh, quite contained, uh, optionality on the U.S. equity market and then on the euro stocks uh, is quite uh, is quite cheap. So uh, this allows us to be um, to, to positive uh, play this uh, this rally without taking any uh, big top down um, stories. Uh, we do stay with the value sectors like industrial and financials versus uh, uh, tech and consumer uh, discretionary. These allow us not to alter the overall uh, risk exposure, but really uh, trying to play the bottom up stories uh, where we do see uh, companies that uh, show strong pricing power. So it sounds like prudence is maybe your watchword. What does prudence look like when it comes to the bond space? You know, on the bond market, when yields were negative, it was challenging. But the current market conditions are indeed super challenging with the uh, curves that are inverted in the uh, in the US and in the URR. So what we're doing is really tactically managing the duration exposure uh, to versus the uh, market benchmarks with a long duration bias when it goes to the United States, mildly short on the euro and Japanese curve, and we're back to neutrality in the UK and China. Actually, we're starting to see potential for steepening in US, Europe, and, and Canada, uh, while uh, focusing on the euro area. On the periphery, periphery, we are broadly neutral with a positive stance on, uh, on BTP. Um, and linkers that in the euro area really offer uh, a good hedge uh, for uh, for higher inflation. We confirm our preference for investment grade, so credit on the credit side, in particular in the euro area, while we do believe you need to hedge your highest positions in any. Great. And uh, let me loop back to what you were talking about uh, earlier. You mentioned China. Could we perhaps get your thoughts on emerging markets and China specifically? Yes, um, China uh, with the reopening is uh, really um, running as expected uh, towards a higher uh, growth. This is extending to to Asia. Then you know there is a caveat on India. On India, as you know, uh, we are uh, positive. We have, we do believe in this constructive medium to long term story. However. 
Valuation-wise, and more recently with the Adani uh, story, uh, we think that there are some risks of spillover. Therefore, we are uh, a bit more cautious than the last time we talked. Um, on the uh, emerging uh, market debt, LATAM, for example, uh, this is the uh, region where we've seen the central banks be more hawkish than elsewhere. So um, local debt um, in, in the LATAM is something uh, we are looking at. Thank you for that. Um, so what happens in the US often sets the tone for other markets, including the emerging markets that you've been talking about. We've already discussed the outlook on the rates front. So let me ask you about the dollar. What are your key FX views, given how much is in flux in the global economy and in markets in general right now? Well, let's focus on the US dollar because this is one of the biggest goals uh, we had the last year and we have this year. We do believe the US dollar is going to weaken. Uh, we have a target uh, 115 uh, versus the, the euro, just to mention um, one, uh, one pair uh, of effects. Obviously, the risk here is that the Fed is more hawkish on entrenched uh, inflation and then higher rates uh, will, will last forever. This is, might be a challenge to our call. Um, then should the economic uh, cycle deteriorate, usually this is when the US dollar tend uh, to overperform, um, leveraging on, uh, relying on its uh, uh, safe haven nature. For the time being, given the overall uh, economic picture, we do prefer to stay in the yen and in the Swiss franc that are playing nicely uh, their safe haven role. Great. Thank you, Monica. So overall, we've talked quite a lot of today about the reasons to be cautious or prudent, as we were saying. Before we run out of time, let me ask you, what's one thing you're more optimistic about this month? And perhaps you're not allowed to pick the weather, I should say. I'm Italian and I need to mention the weather because this is important for Europe and this has been important for Europe in trying to navigate the uh, energy crisis uh, that uh, we, uh, we've been addressing this year. And thanks to the weather, this has really resized the uh, downside, uh, downside risks. But uh, maybe uh, more uh, medium to, to long term, what we are looking at, it's really uh, the wage market and salaries on uh, low income people. Where in particular in the United States, uh, we're seeing these gaps uh, narrowing. And if you want, uh, this is a positive sign um, when related to, to inequalities and, and social stability. Great. Thanks for giving us such a great overview, Monica. And really great to have you on the podcast again. My pleasure, Svaha. And thanks to all of you for taking the time to tune in. We hope you'll join us again soon. This podcast is only for the attention of professional investors as defined in Directive 2004-39-EC, dated 21st of April 2004, on markets in financial instruments called MIFID, investment services providers, and any other professional of the financial industry. Views are subject to change and should not be relied upon as investment advice on behalf of Amundi.